Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets are trading mixed this morning following a similar performance on Wall Street overnight. Joining me to break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Good morning, Michelle. Let's start this morning in the world of corporate earnings with three companies from different industries. If you're a regular listener, I think you know the drill. We take a look at the profits or the losses of the three companies from three industries, and then we ask, what might this mean? Uh, Our three industries this morning are biotech, electronics, and finance. The companies come from from Germany, Korea and the US. One company best known for its COVID-19 vaccine. Another is the world's largest smartphone and TV maker. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if you have one of their products at home, maybe even in your hand now. And the third company is an investment banking firm on Wall Street. Now, have you figured it all out who they are? Our three companies in focus this morning are... BioNTech, Samsung, and Jefferies Financial. Okay, so let's start with Samsung. It is predicting operating profit of about two billion US dollars during the last quarter of the year. That is thirty-five percent lower than a year earlier, as well as below expectations. Now, this story broke just as we were going to air yesterday, so we mentioned it, but I didn't really have a chance to assess the state of Samsung's business. So. Help us out, Ryan. What is behind Samsung's earnings warning and why is its business contracting? Yeah, so you've got to paint a picture of last year's um, landscape where you had a bit of sluggish expectations or at least uh, what was uh, expected to play out for a good part of last year. People just not buying as many smartphones, holding back on upgrading. You know, phones have been for quite some time uh, commanding quite a high price. So people have been watching their purse strings. So this is not good news for the likes of Samsung Electronics. Uh, they are struggling in that sense to get more people to buy their stuff, more smartphones, and they were bracing for a pretty you know, soft quarter. And that's what they got. They posted their sixth straight quarter of declining profit. And that pretty much reflects the weak consumer demand and also the uncertainty of when or if maybe we will get that tech recovery this year or not. So that's pretty much where Samsung is right now. Um, But I suppose this is going to be in focus this year as things start to turn around. Uh, We've got expectations that we will get rate cuts. Perhaps things will turn around on the front. And of course, all these memory chips could go into other places as well. Devices that run AI-powered stuff. So there is light at the end of the tunnel. Samsung shares fell about 2% in Korean trade yesterday. One positive... Potentially positive note for Samsung, speaking of light. It successfully filed more than 6,000 patents this last year. Now, that is more than any other company. And it is the second straight year that Samsung has topped the patent list. Presumably excellent for Samsung's future business. Do you know what company used to always top the US patent list? I'm guessing Apple? Good try, good try. It has three words in its name. It was the number one patent recipient for the last three decades. Tech company, three letters, IBM. Oh, of course, of course. IBM, the grandfather (laughs) of technology. Uh, I was at the computer museum in the US a long time ago, and they had the original machine that IBM came up with. The the first machine of the production was something that used to count votes. So they were vote-counting 
um, machine maker. And then they progressed into what we have right now, more advanced stuff. So it's been a long history for IBM. Yeah, how fascinating. I'd love to walk around that museum. Was it huge, the vote counting machine? It was the size of a desk. So that was probably, as you imagine, how machines were and computers back then. Um, Computers back then would feel like the size of a room. Now you can hold it. In your, foot, in your hand. Yeah, absolutely. Well, IBM used to be the number one patent company, uh, producing company for three decades, but now it's fourth behind Samsung, Qualcomm, and Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing. Let's move on to our second company in focus this morning. It is financial firm Jefferies. Jefferies' profits plunged more than 50% during the last quarter of the year amid deal-making. It netted $66 million US dollars, down from $140 million a year earlier, what accounts for this steep drop? Okay, so if you look at uh, what's playing out for Jefferies, you've got a bit of a headwind coming through from some fronts. So that's coming through from what they describe as a trough year. And this is where it's being dragged down by a steep drop in asset management, which is down 64% to $141 million. And another quarter of declining advisory fees. So I suppose it comes amidst what's playing out, robo-advisory, people finding advice elsewhere. That could be a potential headwind for these asset managers. The good news is the other side of business is doing better. And this comes from equity underwriting. Um, Some of the deal making is coming back as risk appetite returns, partly because of interest rates becoming more favorable. People just feeling maybe it's time for IPOs to do M&A deals. So that's at least um, the glass half full. Mm-mm. Jeffrey shares closed down 2% overnight, but its shares are rallying and recouping some of those losses in after-hours trade. In the meantime, looking ahead, you know, several banks will report their big earnings on Friday. Uh, the Bank of America, Bank of New York Mellon, BlackRock, JP Morgan Chase as well. And investors are wondering if Jeffrey's poor results are a harbinger of more bad news to come. In fact, there's already one piece of fresh negative news breaking this morning. BlackRock, which is the world's largest asset manager, has announced it will retrench some 600 employees or about 3% of its global workforce. All right, our third company in focus this morning is BioNTech. Now, this German company rose to prominence during the pandemic thanks to the COVID-19 vaccine. That business took a sharp downturn uh, post-pandemic, as you might imagine. So BioNTech has been pivoting in part to drugs that fight cancer. What is the projection for BioNTech's business moving forward in 2024 and 2025? Yeah, so it's got to pivot to other stuff because as you pointed out, COVID-19, the heydays for that revenue stream uh, in the past. So it's scaling up its oncology business. And this is with now uh, BioNTech predicting the total revenues for 2024 will be 3 billion euros and that's down from about 4 to 5 billion euros they targeted for 2023. So it's looking at about at least 10 late-stage cancer drug studies uh, by the end of 2024 and then from 2026, it will be launching its first oncology drugs. So that's going to be a good boost down the road for BioNTech's business. Mm-mm. So BioNTech flagging another year of weak revenues, but it expects revenues to pick up in 2025 and 2026. If we take a step back, do you think we can draw the dots? What lessons are we seeing from Samsung, Jefferies and BioNTech that we can draw? Yeah, I am going to say it 
is worth looking at your business to see if you need to pivot, no, adapt to the times. And this is what BioNTech is doing. It can't rely on what used to work. It has to move to new stuff and it's trying to build its pipeline. And in the case of Jefferies, it's got a couple of things going for it. You know, if one part of business is not doing well, at least it's got another part of business. So diversification is essential as well as a business so that you have other parts of the revenue stream to turn towards too. Um, so with the banks, that's mm. also worth watching as we see what it's going to be uh, watched out for in the Friday earnings report cards. Uh, what sort of loan loss provisions are they bracing for? You know, has the worst been priced in? And will the deal activity return? So on the Samsung front, also, I, I suppose, worth watching how they can command the attention of consumers again to draw them back to buy more Samsung devices. So in a sense, innovation is important. So pretty much... Yeah, look at your business to see how you can innovate to keep your customers loyal. Yeah, that's a good point. It certainly does seem to be quite an inauspicious start to the earnings season. It's still early, but Samsung's results do not bode well for the tech sector. You could say the same thing about Jefferies and financial stocks. That said, there's a lot of optimism now in the healthcare sector, which leads me to our next story this morning. The British pharmaceutical giant GSK, which until recently was known as GlaxoSmithKline, ring a bell, They've announced a 1.4 billion US dollar acquisition. Let's get to the details. What is it GSK buying? Yeah, GSK is buying a business that will allow it to get more drugs to treat asthma and asthma medication. So this is the company called Alios Bio mm-hmm. for a price tag of $1.4 billion. And it's worth noting it spun off its consumer health business not too long ago, back in 2022, called Helion. So now it's making a bigger push into the core drug-making business. So it's uh, another step forward on the front for GSK with that purchase of Alios Bio based in London and San Francisco. Yeah, that's right. So GSK beefing up its pipeline of new drugs and treatments. It's trying to keep in line with its competitors, right? Trying to keep the pace. Last month, GSK said it is planning to spend around $2 billion US dollars buying companies that focus on autoimmune and respiratory issues. Keep an eye out, there may still be more acquisitions to come. Now, 2023 as a whole run was quite disappointing for healthcare counters. I've seen a number of analysts who say they believe 2024 could be a breakout year for the sector. Why is that? Now, what are some of the factors that could give healthcare stocks a real boost? Yeah, I suppose you could say... Um, investors have their eye on healthcare for various reasons. One of them perhaps is how they are starting to reevaluate their priorities in terms of being a consumer. You, know, you are looking at health a bit more closely, mental health, your wider health as well. So with things like obesity drugs, for example, mm-hmm. that's starting to be a big driving or a big growth area for many companies to look at. So that's a potential goldmine for them to look at tapping on in the years to come. Mm-hmm. And also, if you look at how some of the pain in the past few years in terms of supply chain disruptions are also subsiding. So it's going to mean some tailwinds for, to some extent for some of these medical companies. And of course, with all the innovations that are still to come, and we've been mentioning a couple of them in the pipeline, they've been building up new drugs, new treatments. This puts them in a good position for the years to come in terms of growth. 
So definitely no shortage of M&A activity in the healthcare sector. And looking ahead, there seems to be a lot of discussion about new obesity treatments as well as enthusiasm for how AI might cut research costs. It should help these stocks. So what do you think? Could 2024 be the year of uh, Big Pharma? Yeah, it does have a compelling argument to look at it that way because if you look at all these um, obesity drugs, for example, they have been flying off the shelves. People just want to watch their weight a bit more closely. So Big Pharma, after a bit of a um, lackluster year, maybe it is time for them to enjoy a better 2024. Now, from health and pharmaceuticals, I'm going to pivot to technology, where a 14 billion US dollar acquisition is really raising eyebrows. Hewlett Packard Enterprises is set to buy Juniper Networks. It's an all cash deal. It will pay 40 US dollars a share, which is about 30% premium from where the stock was trading yesterday. The acquisition will expand HPE's presence in networking, but not every analyst is cheering this deal. Why is that? Yeah, I suppose it comes down to the price tag. How much is too much? And if you look at the price tag, uh, it is commanding a premium of over 30%. So maybe some analysts are saying it's a bit too expensive. Maybe it's not going to pay off anytime soon. Uh, but it does give HPE a bigger stake in the networking business. Maybe that could mean synergies with the other parts of the business. But no, for now... Perhaps too much cash to pay for this uh, new part that they want to add on. Shares of uh, Hewlett Packard Enterprises dropped more than 8% on the news overnight. Juniper Networks, on the other hand, surged 21%, although it is still trading a couple of dollars below the proposed acquisition price. In other tech news, retrenchments back in focus. The live streaming company Twitch, Trend Micro, Unity Software, they're all cutting back. What's the latest here? Yeah, not too good news mm. if you are thinking... Those days of fat, or those days of tech layoffs are over. No, it seems to be making headlines again from a couple of companies that we are tracking. And the big one, of course, is Amazon's Twitch. That is the video gaming streaming service. Right. It is cutting 35% of staff, at least going by reports. That's about 500 workers. Uh, we are set to perhaps hear official news on that front from Twitch in time to come, maybe in the next 24 hours. So it will be the company's second large-scale layoff in less than a year. So Amazon really trying to right-size that part of business and perhaps a sign of how it is not putting too many eggs in the basket. So that's painful for those involved. And also it comes just a day after Game engine developer Unity announced that it's laying off 25% of its employees in what it describes as a company reset. So it does look like a lot of these companies are re-evaluating their costs and expenses and bracing themselves for tougher times ahead in terms of the uh, equation. You know, does the future demand command that they need to produce that much? And it doesn't look like it's painting a very Pretty picture for the video game industry. Definitely not for Unity Software. One of the biggest losers, in fact, on Wall Street overnight, they were. It finished down 8% overnight. Let's take a step back. Look at the broader markets. U.S. stocks finished mixed. The Nasdaq eked out a marginal gain. S&P 500 finished marginally lower, while the Dow fell 0.4%. It is time for corporate news, and I like to do it up or down style. And today, we'll start with what's been feverishly debated. Will it be moving up after this week? Bitcoin. 
it's uh, <laughs> up, down, up. It's <laughs> going to be depending on what time of the day you ask. Well, it's been quite a rollercoaster ride for Bitcoin because of a tweet from the SEC. So first, it said it approved Bitcoin ETFs. And this was a moment a lot of people are watching out for. Yeah. Because if we have Bitcoin ETFs, it means the adoption, mainstream at least, of Bitcoin trading. So that was good news. But it turns out that tweet was not exactly accurate because the SEC later came out to say their X or Twitter account was compromised. It did not come from them. So it was a false tweet. And they clarified that it has not yet been approved. And this now brings the cash or the price of Bitcoin back to below when the tweet was released. So a bit of a volatile morning for Bitcoin. Imagine that. Someone hacked the ex-social media account of the US SEC overnight and they, they put out that message saying US regulators had given the green light to Bitcoin ETFs. So playing into the hype, right? The widely expected speculation. US news agencies and picked up on that tweet. Bitcoin prices jumped and once the SEC clarified that, hey, that was a fake tweet. You can imagine what happened. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what is going to be Elon Musk's response to all this. He is also a big owner of Bitcoin. So who knows how he's going to you know, respond to the drama. Interesting. It's I'd say it's a down for both Bitcoin and SEC. Bitcoin's, by the way, currently trading a bit shy of 46,000 US dollars a token. JD.com is next on my list. Okay, JD.com is looking a bit sus. So <laughs> it is down for me and their revenue is looking sus after disclosing what they describe as suspicious revenue. So what it means is they're doing some audits. It was a routine audit. And then they found that there were a couple of things that didn't stack up. And this was with Dada's online advertising and marketing services. Uh, this is a unit under JD.com, uh, which operates a neighborhood platform called JD Taojia and a delivery service called Dada Now. So there seems to be some murkiness, at least, with the numbers. And it is not painting a very encouraging picture of the um, official report cards. Yeah, so Data Nexus is a subsidiary of JD.com. They have a major accounting problem. It may have overstated ad sales by 500 million yen. Operating and support costs inflated as well. Overall, it may have overstated costs by 1 billion yen. That's a down for Dada and JD.com. Let's look at BMW now. All right, BMW is going to be an up for me because it is on track for its electric vehicle goals this year. So already hit last year's sales target and it says it's looking pretty confident it will be able to maintain its momentum into the coming year. Yeah, it's enough for BMW. Looks like 2023 was a good year for it. It was reporting record sales, sold 2.5 million cars for 2023. Next, next and last up, Cromwell E-Read. All right, I am going for an up for this because CGS, CIMB has initiated coverage of the REIT with an ad call. So this is a target price of 2015 or a two, 2 euros and 15 cents. And this is with an ad rating. So good news for Commonwealth REIT. Uh, after what was a pretty tough year for REITs overall, especially with those with overseas exposure, is now getting some at least good calls 
from all these favorable calls from some of the analysts. The research house CGSCIMB thinks Cromwell REIT, E-REIT is a good investment. And uh, you heard that target price, $2.15 euros per unit for the REIT, 50% above its current level, that is. For our last word today, we return to Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show. I love this show. I wish I could be there in person. So Walmart is betting that AI may be able to do your grocery shopping for you. It's like my dream come true. So imagine always having a fully stocked fridge, never having to fill out a shopping list, even virtually. Walmart has a service called in home replenishment. So essentially, it's an online delivery service. But what's new is that the AI will track your habits and automatically order items for you. What do you think? A bit of a personal bubble? Uh, a little too intrusive for a company to make shopping decisions? Or would you welcome it? Yeah, I'm not sure if, if it's going to be working for everyone because they actually tried it out not too long ago with buttons you could press on your fridge and then it would automatically you know, figure out that you, know, you need to restock. And this is, I suppose, the next um, progression of that model just helping helping consumers order stuff more easily I'm not sure because consumer patterns can be quite tricky sometimes maybe you didn't want extra milk maybe going on a holiday you know and then you don't need that extra liter of milk that's going to be sit- sitting in a fridge so t- things change and I think AI the way that it's going to be designed in initial stages is going to have a tough time figuring out what we want I think it's inevitable though I mean there are things that you need on repeat mm-hmm. laundry detergent things to wash the floors with uh, and you I don't want to have to think about it not a perishables maybe with those uh, household items first oh eggs for sure look at the crush when people thought eggs were not available going yeah. to be available so I, I think it's a good idea. I think I would I would opt for it for sure if it was available here. I wouldn't pay for the service. Maybe if they ah. offered it for free. Yeah, I might, yeah. Or if they paid me to get on a service, I might be willing to try it out. I think that um, supermarkets are going to be fighting over each other if they did make this widely available to offer it to the consumers. Walmart also expanding its drone delivery program. So if you live in Texas, those AI purchased groceries might be delivered to your door by a snappy looking zipline drone. Don't think this would work here in Singapore. No, I don't think it's going to work all the way up to the HDB block zip lines. <laughs> Maybe to the Voight deck? <laughs> oh, who knows? Flats of the future may have a drone landing pad just outside your, your room, window or something like that. Who knows? All right, our glimpse into the future complete. Thank you very much, Ryan. That was All right, thanks, way. Michelle. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.